the Uganda-Rwanda economic standoff. That and more in this episode. Good morning, Africa. Welcome aboard your pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at The K Financial, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. Relations between Rwanda and Uganda hit a new law in 2019, with the closure of the border causing enormous disruptions to cross-border trade and movement of persons. The situation has been progressively going from bad to worse. According to United Nations Comtrade Database on International Trade, Uganda exports to Rwanda have dropped from $180 million in 2018 to $2.3 million in 2020. Ted Kabaruka, an economist based in Kigali, expounds more on this. The trade between Rwanda and Uganda, the numbers were very high actually before, uh, like two, three years ago, because uh, statistics show that uh, in 2019, uh, the trade between Rwanda and Uganda were more than 60 million US dollars uh, where Rwanda were exporting to Uganda. And, you know, the same number was even uh, much higher uh, from the Uganda exporting to Rwanda. And the majority of, uh, of the trade between the two countries are uh, uh, cross-border trades. Because, you know, it's much easier to uh, cross the border with the commodities, especially agriculture and other consumables. So um, with the political instability, the political situation between the two countries uh, where borders started to be closed, some borders were closed, others were in the renovation phase. And then, uh, unfortunately, when... COVID-19 outbreak happened in 2020, the border were closed again. Actually, all the the borders were closed. It was very hard for the people to cross the border. Of course, when it is hard for the people, it is obviously hard for goods and services to be exported um, between the countries. You know, there were so much losses uh, on both sides, uh, despite the fact that the two countries and the East African community with the trade agreement, we, within the common market agreement, but, you know, the political uh, tension between the three countries uh, doesn't allow uh, the free movement of goods and services. Landlocked Rwanda transports a significant amount of its imports via a trade route passing through Uganda from the Kenyan seaport of Mombasa. What does this standoff mean for this trade route? The, the, the particularity between Rwanda and Uganda is that Uganda is on the northern corridor, so there are so many containers imported from the international market or to the international market using the northern corridor, uh, using the, the, the routes uh, Kigali, Kampala, and then uh, Mombasa. So we are still uh, using that route, but the volume of export has reduced a lot. And we see so many um, trucks, uh, containers uh, exporting from exported from Rwanda or to Rwanda being uh, using the central corridor, which is uh, Kigali and Dar es Salaam port. So, 
the eastern part of Rwanda is being connected to Tanzania in a very much easy way. Even during the COVID-19, there were some delays between the two countries uh, due to the COVID-19 measures, but there has been always a meeting between the leaders to sort out issues. We asked Dr. Isaac Shinyakwa, Head of Trade and Regional Integration at the Economic Policy Research Centre, what is the actual dispute between Uganda and Rwanda? Of course, the regulations after the closure of the border, of the borders, we have, we have had challenges of selling. We were selling up to around one, $180 million per annum. Uh, that would be around 18 to 20 million or so uh, per month. And uh, we are selling processed products and also just foodstuffs from the neighboring areas, covered uh, and different. But right now, that has drastically gone to nothing almost. And uh, that was because of the, the misunderstandings, if I may borrow, between, uh, and these are security-related, which we, me and you, have no much uh, information about. So it was more, to me, of a security issue which uh, affected trade, all right? And uh, it doesn't seem to be resolved. And um, either through the summit or through the Council of the ESC, uh, but I think it's now at the summit level, because it has been affected the summit, sometimes these meetings don't take place because of um, the misunderstandings. I'm calling them misunderstandings because that's the best I can baptize them between the leadership in, the, in, in Rwanda and the leadership in Uganda. But has affected trade, yeah. Who are the biggest losers in this protracted economic war? Yeah, of course, both countries. And the biggest losers are consumers who are consuming. If, if they tell you, um, Rwanda depends a lot on food from Uganda, okay? And now that food is not, of course, they can get some of that from Tanzania. Then the business community who are selling their products now, some are selling them as So the, 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 the manufacturers are, are, are losing, I told you. We are talking about close to $200 million that are no longer uh, accessed uh, because of the profit. So at the end of the day, even the government loses in form of taxes because the producers who are selling to Rwanda are not producing and selling as they should. So it's a whole chain, a, very, a whole entire chain of losing uh, at different levels. You can't just say Rwanda is losing more, Uganda is losing more. It's, it's the individuals within there, the governments, the transporters, Absolutely, yeah. And a look at other stories making it into the podcast. The Central Bank of Zambia has raised its key interest rate by 50 basis points to 9% at its November meeting. It is the first rate hike since February to anchor inflation expectations while supporting economic growth and financial stability. The committee says that although inflation would decelerate sharply over the next eight quarters, it is likely to remain above the upper bound of 6 to 8% target range. Zambia's annual inflation eased to 21.1% in October from 22.1% in September and down from a peak of above 24% in June. And it is projected to average around 22.6% in 2021 before declining to 15% in 2022 and 9.3% in the first three quarters of 2023. The bank raised its growth projections from 2021 to 3.3% from a modest 1.6% in September on the back of a strong performance in agriculture, information and communication, and wholesale and retail trade in 2022 and 2023, 
Growth is expected to rise to 3.5% and 3.7% respectively. The federal government of Nigeria will remove fuel subsidies and replace it with a monthly 5,000 Naira transport grant to poor Nigerians. Speaking at the launch of the World Bank Nigeria update, the Minister of Finance, Budget and National Planning, Zainab Ahmed, said the transport grant will target about 30 to 40 million Nigerians who make up the poorest population of the country. The Nigerian government spends trillions of naira yearly on payment of subsidy on petroleum products. It has repeatedly tried to cut off the payment in favor of market-determined prices. It argues that the huge amount would be used to fund critical projects, a position backed by the International Monetary Fund. Look at the market. At the end of the trading session on the Nairobi Securities Exchange, a total of 31,376,400 shares in 908 deals, corresponding to a market value of 960,661,364 million Kenya shillings, were traded. Compared with the previous trading day, the data shows a 163% improvement in volume. 145% improvement in turnover and a 6% improvement in deals. The current market capitalization of the Nairobi Securities Exchange is 2.45 trillion Kenya shillings. In the aggregate, 45 NSC equities participated in trading, ending with 11 gainers and 28 losers. Kakuzi PLC led the gainers with a 10% share price appreciation, and on the losing side, Samir Africa came out last with an end-of-day price depreciation of 6.7%. Safaricom PLC recorded the highest volume of 15 million traded shares. And on the Rwanda Stock Exchange, the trading session recorded a total turnover of 1,164,000 Rwanda francs from 12,200 shares traded in three deals on the equities market where the fixed income market while the fixed income market remained quiet. The RSI and All Shares Index remained constant to close at 100.86 and 145.10 respectively. The IMR counter closed at 45 rand of francs and the trading session recorded a total turnover of 180 rand of francs from 4,000 shares traded in one deal. The BLR counter closed at 120 rand of francs the trading session recorded a total turnover of 924,000 Rand francs from 7,700 shares traded in one deal. The CMR counter closed at 120 Rand francs. The trading session recorded a total turnover of 60,000 Rand francs from 500 shares traded in one deal. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the Play Financial. And if you have any suggestions or you want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me on Twitter at the Dome.